Hello, I'm Logan Wolf, speaking to you from my office in Provo, Utah, and this is Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My wife and I have been here in Utah for more than 12 years now as church planters, and as I've shared in the past, our ministry has taken many different forms. During this time, we started as a mobile church in the conference center of a hotel, uh, we absorbed another church, navigated the church merger, became multi-site with buildings and staff in two different cities, two different counties. And then we basically shirked off all of that structure. And for the last four and a half years have been operating as a network of house churches across the state of Utah. And the purpose of this podcast is to walk back through that experience, those years, and uh, basically point out the things I would do differently. If I were pursuing those same courses of action, so if I were still going to be a mobile church or still going to be multi-site, um, as well as just what I would do differently if I just knew everything that I knew now. And I've been trying to, the last little while, bring some other voices into it, other church planters who have been walking that path. And, and like me, looking back on previous years, saying, here's some things I would do differently. And uh, we are fortunate to have with us uh, such a church planter today. So I want to introduce everyone to uh, James Reardon, who's joining us from Mississippi. How you doing, James? Uh, doing, uh, I'm alive. That's good. And my eyes are open. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, James, before we press into the topic that we've already decided we're going we're gonna to discuss today, I would love for you, for the sake of the audience, our listeners, to just share a little bit about you where you're from, how you've landed, where you are, and then just maybe an overview quickly of your church planting experience, and then we'll we'll jump into our discussion. You want to do that for us? Yeah. So I'm from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and uh, I was a military brat. Uh, long story short, grew up in Biloxi. Uh, Lord kind of bounced me around um, once I got into ministry uh, through different parts of the state and wound up in a place uh, down Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. And I was there for, my wife and I were there for maybe what four years, moved to another city in our county, but still still came to this church, uh, our, our previous church. And we started seeing all these, um, we started seeing all these uh, cars in the, in their driveways. Every time we'd come to church and I, and I went five days a week, five or six days a week, uh, Sundays and then the rest, right? And I'm like, all right, so on the Gulf Coast, we've got a lot of Catholic people, like predominantly Catholics. And I thought there's no way that there's this many Catholics that have gone to Mass on Saturday nights or Friday nights or some other night of the week. There's no way. Started doing some research, and there's 60% of our area is unchurched. Nothing. No, not Buddha, not Muhammad, nothing. Well, how did I land at the church at 112? We were at Chick-fil-A, my wife and I and our kids, and there was a guy that was an interim pastor at our previous church. Now, we were still there, met up with him. We had a good relationship, still do. And he's like, hey, I have a question. So here it is. We're in the Chick-fil-A line. And he's like, I have a question. Have you ever thought about church planting? It was like oh, the most random question. He could have said, uh, hey, I've got a question for you. Like, do you think uh, the Bulls are a better team or do you think the <laughs> Chicago White Sox are a better team? And you're like, that doesn't even make sense. And um, let me just interrupt. Is there a better place to have a spiritual conversation than Chick Fil A? Like, is that 
<laughs> no, actually, uh, I mean, well, actually, I, I do have, I do have one. Okay. So, but Chick-fil-A, at least in America, for for us Bible-believing people, I think Chick-fil-A is the best. Chick-fil-A is that right? Uh, so anyway, so we're there, and I'm like, you know, every time, every once in a while, when my feelings were hurt, I'd think about, pray about planting church or whatever. But no, I haven't given it any serious thought. He's like, well, maybe you should pray about it. I'm like, maybe I should pray about it. It's like he did a Jedi mind trick on me. So my wife and I were not super spiritual, but we prayed almost every day. And our heart began to get burdened more about planting a church, not in this area, uh, but more about planting a church. I told a friend, said, hey, by the way, like, I don't know, praying about planting a church. He's like, hey, me too. I said, oh, that's great. Um, We've done a lot of ministry together. Uh, he was a lay, uh, he's a lay person. So he's got a job, um, uh, a really nice paying job somewhere else. And we've done ministry. I've used him to speak at times uh, previously. And we're like, all right, cool. Our families get together. And um, man, so I guess that was May through, it was like October. And all of a sudden these like worries and doubts started to come up in my brain. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What if I, what if I fail? Because Almost all church plants fail. Not, I'm just kidding, like 85% or whatever. And I'm like, so what if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I lose my insurance, which which we did? What if I lose friends, which we did? Um, what if I don't have a job immediately? So all these things. Anyway, Chick-fil-A is a great spot to have spiritual conversations. But somebody in God's kind of providence had already like paid for me and another friend of mine uh, who's a worship leader to go to Israel on a trip. He's like, God told me to do this. And I'm like, sounds a little strange, but okay. Which by the way, if you ever go to Israel uh, and you're getting like, they always interview you bef- like from in America before you, you, you get on their flight to, to Israel, you cannot say God told somebody that I needed to go and they paid for me. Cause. Hey, that's, that's great to know because I just signed up for a trip to go to Israel in March. So I will yeah. be sure not to overspeed to all the experience. <laughs> Dude, they detained us for like an hour. And so like I, I looked at my friend and said, you see that guy there? It was his uncle. His <laughs> uncle said, God told me to send them. And so like they flagged us both and we got. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I don't think you're supposed to say that you're a pastor when you head over there. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Four years ago. But there it is. I was on the Sea of Galilee. No lie. Right. So I don't have any questions that I bring to God when I when I went to Israel. I didn't have any bucket list things to do. I just wanted to experience it. People are like, hey, what are you going here for? I'm like, I'm just going here to go here. I just want to see. I just want to experience the land of Jesus. I don't have any. I hope God does this for me. Like, you know, I used to do that when I go to like church camps as a kid. Like, oh, this year I want God to help me, you know, right. throw away my computer, uh, you know, habits or whatever. Or this year I want God to, you know, make me look good for girls. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and I just went to Israel and there on the Sea of Galilee, we had a Bible study, did a couple of worship songs. It was, it was almost like God reminded me that Jesus walks over the waves of our fear. I remember I called my wife uh, in the time. There's a time zone difference. And so I called my wife and I'm like, hey, babe, look. I feel like I've got the green light to plant a church, but look, we will wait until God gives you the green light to plant a church. And she says, Oh, that's great. Cause uh, he already did. I was just waiting on you. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you marry, when you marry up, that's what happens. So <laughs> prayed through a little bit longer, like, Hey God, where do you want us to go? Now we're Southern Baptists. Um, on the coast, we realized that uh, a lot of people have been hurt by Southern Baptist churches that are well-meaning, uh, Catholic churches that are well-meaning, Methodist churches, whatever. And I've just named the three big ones that have had issues in the last like five years, right? Yeah. And so that makes it even easier. But um, we prayed through 48 cities in America, like a couple of cities across the world, and we didn't have a piece about where God wanted us until things like a week. Maybe maybe two weeks before we went through an assessment program through the SBC, and uh, we started to feel like this. Hey, we God wants you in this area. Which uh, number one, I wouldn't recommend. Like, don't plant a church remotely nearby unless God tells you. Um, you okay, let me stop you there. Just because I already said remotely nearby where you already are. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like we're we're within thirty minutes. Uh, you moved within now, minutes of where you already were. Yeah. So uh, now, statistically speaking, uh, if if you're looking at like sixty percent of our areas unchurched or dechurched, then maybe you should have more churches. And for the gospel to to go out, maybe that should happen. Right. Um, but sometimes people get the wrong ideas. So anyway, um, church at one twelve. I'm sorry. I'm last. It's here. Yeah. Question again, but. Uh, people get yeah. the wrong ideas. People in the city you were in, as you move 30 minutes away, get the wrong idea. Will you just for a second, just well, on that? So we didn't move away. So, uh, so the city that we were in, um, we drove 30 minutes into, uh, to work, but it's a, it's a, it's a county. It's a small county, right? So there's, I don't know, maybe 18,000 people in this county, 6,000 in each of the three cities, right? Six times, yeah. So we moved from the biggest Baptist church in the area to our area that has got the least amount of churches yeah. um, servicing that specific city. So we're like, hey, we're just going to be closer to home. Um, and so the people that were where we were, they're like, hey, are you not happy with the church? No, like I have blood, sweat and tears for 10 years in this church or Right. Like, do you not like a pastor? I'm like, man, like God's called this person to, to, to be there. So, um, that's, that's not at all. Like we just need more Bible believing churches and we need some different avenues to, to reach them. And so we're not going to do what we've been doing for 10 years. We're going to do something different. Yeah. So yeah, made it, made it difficult. Um, uh, made it difficult. I remember I had a phone call what years this 2023. I had a phone call end of last year. One of the deacons at my last church calls me up. He's like, "Hey, uh, I just want to run. We're just cleaning up our our roles. I don't know if you know about SBC churches. I think you do, but uh, SBC churches. Um, my cat, by the way, when we went through COVID and we did worship on on screens, like our cat, like he has this uncanny sense. Like <laughs> the door was shut and someone let him in because he wanted him so bad. Um." But yeah, like he called me up. He said, hey, we're cleaning up our role. Do you have this person at your church? Nope. What about this person? Nope. This person? Nope. This person? Nope. And after a while, he's like, wow, I thought you had more of our people at your church. I'm like, dude, I didn't take any of your people for this church. Like if, in fact, one of the things that I feel like I did right, and that's not this podcast, but one of the things I think that I did right was if you've already got a church home, you should stick there 
And we were very emphatic our first three and a half years. And so we're year four. We just launched in March of this year. Uh, so we hit year, yeah, we hit year four. We'll hit year four in August. Uh, but we just launched. And so we were emphatic. Hey, if you already have a church home, don't come. Right. You stay at your church. <laughs> you go help I, them. Yeah, I would agree. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were some things that uh, that we did wrong, kind of kind of getting it all going. So um, one of the things was like, don't char- start with church people. Um, don't start with church people. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking through scripture, right? And so like Paul would go with another person. Jesus, in fact, would send out the 72 two by two, right? Yeah. Always have a buddy with you. Now I've got my wife. She's my buddy. Um, but some of us think it's got to be another another male okay, person. Let me, stop, right? let me stop you here too. So let me say a couple of things. One, that that is the mistake we're going to press into is this, you started with church people. But yeah. You, yeah. No, I want to, I want to press into this. So our listeners, if uh, will recall from a number of episodes ago, when we were talking about that season prior to our moving to Utah, we talked about not having a church planning team. And we were talking about the biblical pattern of two by two, but yeah. you just said something that gives that, that struck like, okay, it makes me think brother, like your wife's your buddy. Is that like you're two, yeah. two of you. is that how you view that? That's interesting. Like, yeah. But, so like, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so cause, like, I'm, cause I'm processing it. Cause I didn't view it that. So talk me, yeah. Talk me through that. Cause that, yeah. Now you're making me think. So go ahead. <laughs> well, now we're going to get into current events, right? So the SBC, <laughs> they're like, Hey, women can't be shepherds. Like they can't be the master shepherd. Right. Um, or pastor, I think is, is the terminology, but, uh, and she's not, she's not, but there'll be times like none of the, here's another thing. None of the ideas that worked out well were my ideas. They were hers or one of the other people's or somebody else's. Um, I've got the theology and I've got the the steering, the vision yeah. and I'll spitball. I've got some wild ideas. Like my head is in the clouds. I'm like, Hey, let's make it rain. Like let's make it rain fireworks. It'll be awesome. Everyone will come. And they're like, Oh, that's not a good idea. Let's just like reach the schools. I'm like, oh, that's a better idea. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so she's my buddy. Right. So a lot of times we think, no, 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 I need to bring a, another buddy on. And maybe you do, but then again, maybe you don't. Right. So I brought another buddy on. Yeah. I brought another buddy on and then I got to thinking, I'm like, wait, I'm like the lead pastor, senior pastor, head pastor, 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 whatever you want to call the the the, the lead planter, right? I'm the, the 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 head elder, whatever. But then you're like, no, elders are pluralistic. And then you're like, wait, so if there's two of us, then it's 50-50. We need to get another guy in. We, no offense to the ladies, but with SBC, we need to bring another guy in. <laughs> so at this point, you're like, who's somebody that can handle scripture appropriately? Who's somebody that shares our theology and who is somebody that agrees with, okay, this is what we're doing for this area. And this is what we want to do. Yeah. That's where I went wrong. Bringing Great that men. Uh, no, bring it in. So, so one idea, and we'll press into that is don't start with church people. Um, they become like pirates or they can just derail the, other ideas that you've got that God's specifically put on your heart. When we were talking earlier off this recording, 
that metaphor of the pirates. Will you just unpack that a little bit? Because that I had that was I think a, a significant metaphor. What do you mean when you say that they come in like pirates? Yeah. So like when we did our church planning uh, training, uh, they were talking about um, the really cool thing about church planning is you, you are no longer on a cruise ship. Man, when you're on a cruise ship, like when I'm in a First Baptist church or a church that's been around for 150 years, like it is hard to steer in another direction to go reach those people. You are like on a jet ski and you can like turn, whip around. You're on a small boat, that's right. a small watercraft. If you get more churched people in there, they are great. They have great hearts. Bless their hearts. We need them. But they will always remember we used to do church this way, wherever they came from. And a pirate, their whole role is to get on your ship and to take it over to become more like the ship that they want. Yeah. Um, so that's the danger of pirates. Now, I was blessed. I didn't have pirates necessarily. Um, I had other church people. Some of them had some idea. Well, you know, like we tried it this way here and it did it did work and it didn't really derail our mission. Uh, or even our vision, but um, there there are times where you'll get church people in there, and not only do they have church ideas of what they want to happen, like for example, y'all don't have a VBS. Well, no duh, we've got fifteen adults on a good day. <laughs> uh, no duh, like we've got like fifteen <laughs> kids, and um, we don't have the manpower. Are you going to lead it? We don't have the manpower. Oh, well, we're going to go to this church then. Okay. That's not who we are. We have to lead out of our strengths. And a lot of times church people, they don't think that way. They yeah. think we had this or we've seen that. And so we should continue to do this. It's like, man, we are in a whole. <laughs> we are not going to have a water slide on our jet ski. You need to go back to your cruise ship. Right. And that is totally okay. So, um, they're not bad people. They're just not right for the, for the vision. Right. Um, well, and that goes back. So why I had this conversation with Isaac, who's a brother in Orange County, California, we both kind of parachuted in to our respective communities. Didn't know anybody by ourselves. Of course, now the comment you made about you and your wife being like, I, that's true. I guess I just wasn't th- like that is that was a that's a helpful comment. That's why I wanted to have other voices on this yeah. podcast. That's a helpful comment. Yeah. Um, but then I, I there was times we started and we started too soon. Like we moved. It sounds like you took a lot more time, which good on you, brother. We moved in May. We started holding weekly services in September. Like we're still getting lost. Like dropping out, you know, and so. But I remember there was a couple times that first year we went back to the East Coast again. I'm from North Carolina, and we were in churches, and I was like, I remember one service in particular, like begging and pleading for people to come help us, thinking like the church people. To your point, like thinking we need the the experienced the the trained like the the bible college trained kind of personalities to come help us if we're going to do this and what's crazy is we had that kind of help eventually and it did just what it did just what you said it did it, de- it no one it derailed, <laughs> like it derailed the vision it sidelined i think some of the progress um 
And the most help I've seen now has actually been people we've led to faith that are either, again, I'm in Utah, so either native Utahns or former Mormons, they've come to faith and come to Jesus. And they have been like the greatest help to the work has been people we've met since being here. And so even in my mind, you know, I don't know if you worded it as not, I depended on church people. And I think, I, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have worded it that way, but that's exactly what it was. Like I wasn't looking for help from the harvest, like God providing help in the work as we did the work. But I was like thinking we have to bring these people in to help us. And it, it bit us, man. So does yeah, that, it, you know, does, that, does that make sense? So. It does. My my brain went into another direction when you said former Mormons, like Mormons down here is a swear word, right? It's say Latter Day Saint. So I think you could call them like you could call them like former Mormons. You could call them like Foremans. Foremans. <laughs> Foremans. Anyway, no, but like uh, it's like church people. They're not. I tell you what, though, I don't think I'd take somebody with a Bible degree, <laughs> like, like. But did did you? Because I I did that, and it was like, did you? I, I didn't. Okay. I, I've got I have some people that like are want to be Bible theologian kind of guys, um, and so that's the other thing, right? So you get a couple guys that they love the Word, they're in the Word, yeah, and so in a way it kind of clouds your judgment, and you're like, this is what I need. Now there's three of us, and so now if there's ever a tie, because like I made this rule, I'm like, hey guys, I got the vision, but if there's ever an idea that the three of us don't agree on altogether, we're not going to do it. And I thought, hey, that's the way it ought to be. Yeah. Then I realized the other danger that I've got. So it's not just like Christians, which Christians are, we need them, right? So Paul would go out with uh, Timothy or Silas or Barnabas, uh, Luke, like he would go out with another person. Very rarely um, would you see him ho- have a whole posse. Right. There was a time in Acts where he had a posse of like three yeah. or four people. And eventually he's like, hey, Luke, you got to go. This isn't working out. And Barnabas is like, deuces. And like, so there's times where you would see in scripture where like, you've got a different idea that, than I do. Paul and Peter butted heads. Like, you got a different idea than I do. Um, and so, uh, heck, even Paul and Barnabas. Like, so the, being careful there. Uh, but Christians are good. We need them. We need them praying for us. We need them giving. We need them uh sharing some of our posts like hey you stay at your church but like be like-minded with us um we didn't start off as slow as you think we did like we actually started holding services so we started gathering in homes um just kind of spearheading what's the vision like what are we looking at yeah uh in like june and then august somebody came to us and hey we heard that you're going to plant a church like i'm thinking how'd you hear like hardly anybody knows it's like why don't you rent our our new daycare and uh, so we set our own price and we've been there. We're about to get a, like a storefront. But, um, so we've been meeting every time we were about to launch and like tell everyone and advertise something would happen. Like, so COVID was the first thing. And then like, then I got COVID and then other people got COVID and then people would leave. And then, um, but the second thing, so Christians starting out with church people, man, that's a mixed bag. Um, like I know a couple people personally that started out with uh, just a couple other believers, uh, right. believing couples, and it, it it's worked. Well, okay. um, so but those are long there. stories. Well, stop there a second, because and you and I were talking about this on the phone earlier. What there's 
I think the key to that is a as a unity around what around vision, around mm-hmm. probably philosophy, methodology. So yeah, in my experience, there probably should have been some more direct conversation around those issues: um, philosophy, methodology, vision, that kind of stuff. It's I gather that's probably some of the things that maybe should have had conversations been had on the front of you, your experience too. So. Yeah. Like I agree with you. I don't think it's it's bad to have a church planning team, to have a another brother or sister go with you into the work. Again, I think there is that biblical pattern of teams, but it can't. I mean, you got to have you got to talk about it at some point, right? Like, what do we, what are we doing? <laughs> I I didn't yeah. do that. Like that's like I didn't do that, and it hurt us. So. Um, they think, could you speak a little bit? Cause you're again, you're four years. So I've been on the field three years long, three times as long as you like, so you're closer to this conversation than I've been. Like, what do you wish you would have done as far as facilitating or navigating those kind of conversations? Cause I agree. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to have Christians. I think it can be, I think it can be detrimental. So what would you do differently in that regard? Yeah, so that, that leads to like the second thing is, and you talk, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, over the phone earlier, is to, like defining the relationship um, with those two guys that led. And I do want to talk about that in a little bit, yeah. but uh, especially with if you bring on other believers with you to start, and that's fine. Uh, having, a, you know, that conversation, like, do you buy into the vision? Not the, oh, yeah, we'll follow you wherever you go, because they won't. Uh, but if they absolutely buy into the vision, um, then then they'll support whatever direction God leads you to. Right. The other thing, though, is to make sure they got a calling, right? So in our assessment program, they wouldn't have passed us and given us a green light to go for North American Mission Board if my wife was not on board with me and if she was not called also. Huh. There's been times where, like, I've wanted to quit. Like, man, I'm just throwing the towel. In fact, I don't know if your church planting properly if you don't want to quit at some point. Every and, day, bro. Every day. (laughs) So there's like, my wife's had to remind me, hey, remember, you're called to this. And like having someone like my buddy, my wife, my helpmate. Now, some guys, I know some guys that are single and they don't have that. And so that makes it a little little different, a little difficult. Um, But God does call single people. I mean, I I think Jonah was single when he he was called to go evangelize a whole nother nation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so God does call, I mean, Jesus was single. If you're a Christian and you believe that, <laughs> uh, Jesus went, uh, by himself. Uh, Paul, maybe he had a wife, maybe he didn't, he know he doesn't talk about it, but, um, but, uh, anyway, so it's going back to the teams and stuff. My wife was called and she reminds me of my call. Yeah. Vetting out people on your team to make sure that they are like, if they're in leadership, they have got to be called. If they are not called, they're going to go. Not that they have to go. Not that you've got to kick them off the jet ski or the little small vessel. They're going to go at some point. Something's going to look shinier somewhere else. Something is going to look better. You're going to smell one day or they're going to get frustrated about what I've had it all happen. And they're going to go if they aren't called. So like having that talk. is critical. And I didn't have that. 
I didn't have that talk. I just assumed, hey, all these people that are with me, these Christians, rightly handle the word. They're not, uh, they're not crazy, most of them. This is going to work out. And um, it's like, no, James, it's not another warm body. You need to make sure they are called. Let so me, they're not let me called. Ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would you, so uh, just for the sake of, uh, I don't want to be talking past each other. I would personally, I would stress more spiritual giftings versus calling. But when you're having a conversation around calling, is there any resources you recommend or think or books you read around that or things just that you could suggest to people to, to facilitate the conversation you're talking about you wish you had? Is there anything you could would point people to? Off the top Man, of your head. I wish I <laughs> not off the top of my head. I wish okay. I had I, my church planting books with me. I'm only seeing church plantology uh over by Peyton Jones. Uh, and that's a really thorough book, but man, I can't, uh, can't think of it off the top of my head. No, that's okay. I, I just, when I, cause I, cause I found there are people that, uh, you know, that the people that are gifted more, your pastor, shepherds, teachers probably aren't going to be the ones on page with the, like the church plant or missionary, the one running the edge of the work. And so there can be, and you're using the language of calling. And I just, again, I don't want to talk past each other. But I do feel like there could be this disconnect between someone who's gifted in one way going at it and someone gifted in another way and not on the same page. And so there is a – anyway, I just didn't know if you had something in mind that you could point people to. But no worries. No worries. No, calling – I mean, it's like being called to ministry. Uh, yeah. For me, it's there was like a sense like there's nothing else I want to do the rest of my life yeah. except for to serve Jesus, yeah. right? And like that's undeniable. Um you can't shake it. There's other people that will, other Bible believing people that will affirm that with you. And, uh, and for, for calling, it's like, man, there's nothing else that would satisfy me more than to make sure that this happens. Amen. So to make sure that you're called, that's a. Now that's you a and thing. your wife did the assessment, but these mm-hmm. other people, you said you started with some church people. They weren't under any kind of formal organization, right? You just nope. brought them on as your group. Okay. I went, so yeah. here, let me share this story. This is so stupid. We came out here for a year by ourselves. Uh, start moved in May 2011. Started weekly services September 2011. We had a whole year. No, like to no one. We were setting up every week in a conference center of a hotel. No one attended for a full year. I just preached to my wife, and she wouldn't get saved. And <laughs> try harder. <laughs> I was like every head bowed, every eye closed. And she's like, what do you do? It's just me. Like, what I see that hand. <laughs> anyway, and she's like, what? I was like, yeah, I was like, is that me? Are you talking? Are you trying to like guilt me into raising my hand? And so anyway, she uh eventually another couple does come out to help us, which we were incredibly thankful for. But they it was interesting there was this unhealthy tie to their home church. And I don't think it was on their part, but basically their home church was the one like sending them some support to pay their, you know, their, their rent and that kind of stuff. They'd raised a little bit of money. They came and got jobs, but he was, they were raising a little bit of money and their home church was holding them to standards that like, we weren't holding them to. And essentially I was the pastor, right? So I was their new pastor. And so like they, just for an example, she wasn't allowed to wear pants because their home church said, you're not allowed to wear pants. Now I didn't mm. care less. I couldn't care less if she wore pants or not. I mean, wear something, right? But yeah. 
I'm talking about like versus a skirt. And so, but the, yeah, yeah. So there was this outside entity, a church <laughs> dictating some of their preferences and priorities on the work here. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes, I, you just talked about having hard conversations a moment ago. That's what I wanted to emphasize. Like there is this, yeah. are we on the same page or not? Right. Like, are we, and, and what's crazy is I didn't learn from that. So again, mistakes I made, I let, I didn't, I should have spoke up and said, there does this third party doesn't get to dictate what we're doing in Utah. Like you can't be 2,200 miles away and shackle us in Utah. And then when we navigated that church merger and we had this, this other couple join our team and they were under another sending agency. It was the same thing. It was a different set of expectations and priorities and, and obligations on them from another third party. And it just make what you just said earlier, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, there should be clarity around. Are we in this together? Are we going the same direction? Are we all on the same page or not? And whether that's a formal like partner joining you as a, as a missionary church planner, like in the formal sense, like that's their vocation, or uh, you're just a, you're just accumulating the team. Like I'm pulling some people together. There's gotta be some cohesiveness there, man. And it's, it's, I'm hearing your story. It's, it's given, all you're doing is giving me PTSD about my story. No, I was about to say, I'm triggering you. <laughs> you're it's getting like, triggered. You're like, <laughs> it is. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, are we? Yeah. I like, how many times did like I went through that? We had three different sets of quote unquote team members, and every time it burned us, and it, because we didn't do what you just said there, we had people, we had Christians, church people come in. There wasn't that hard conversation up front about are we on the same page, and we weren't on the same page. There was assumptions, and I said this in a previous episode. You know, lots ninety nine percent of relational conflict and frustration comes out of uncommunicated expectations and it'd be assumptions. Mm-hmm. And so we assume these things that we're all going the same. We all wanted to serve Jesus and love Jesus and make disciples and, and, you know, his kingdom come. And do we like, is, <laughs> like, is that really what we want? So it's anyway, that's. <laughs> it, it, it's very similar. I'll tell you like the one thing that we did right was when we launched this last time, I kind of built it up for a few weeks. And I'm like, y'all, there was just us, another couple, my sister-in-law, maybe another couple, right? I said, at this point, I'd learned we've got to have some skin in the game. And it sounds like those couples maybe that you started with, they didn't have skin in the game. Like, ah, we're getting support from another church. Uh, That reminds me like those movies, right, where you have – I mean, it's real life too, like where you have uh, a mission – but then, like, all of a sudden, you get a couple more people to help you with your mission because like, you can't do it on your own. They're sent from somebody else. So now they have their own side side missions. And you're That's like, right. uh, um, but, like, when we have that skin in the game, and like, we have everything to lose, then yeah. we'll, we'll all be on the same page. Or it'll be easier. But, yeah, having that conversation. So I did have that conversation with these last few people that we had. I'm like, look, everyone else is left. We're going to launch. And I need y'all to buy in. I need y'all to serve. And I'll tell you what. They've been serving. And I'm like, if I would have known how easy this was four years ago, I would have just had this talk four years ago. Yeah. And um, and it's neat. So like when they shed some of and this kind of the beauty of some of the unchurched or or fringe Christians, but when they shed some of the expectations um, 
or even like you said, like the other couple having some of this stuff from this other church, they shed some of that. Yeah. It'd be a whole lot easier for them to be more open to what, whatever it is that you need them to do yeah. uh, to make this this light, this seed of God's goodness grow in your community. Yeah. So um, it's been good. Like I, I, I was even I was like kind of like, all right, we'll launch in March and like we're going on vacation and we've gone on a Sunday. There's no one in leadership. Here's the key. Make it work. And man, it was uh, it's cool. It's it was it was really neat. Well, and that's that's probably one of the things. Again, if I look at stuff I've done right recently, that's it's it's not it. It's giving responsibility and and rolls away and seeing who steps up to the occasion, right? Because that's that develops leaders, that helps make disciples, that that helps feed multiplication. So that's uh, man, that's a, that's cool to hear. I completely agree. I completely if I were to if I were to give you a couple, you know, we we, we talked about application earlier. If I were to give a couple application points, number one is to make sure that you are called, which I imagine 90% of the people that are listening to this podcast about church planting are called. There are probably some that thought it was a cool idea or they, I don't know, thought they could get their own platform and they're like, I hate this man. And they're going to report me, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Um, But uh, make sure that we are called. Number two is to have that, like you'd mentioned earlier, have that tough conversation. Define the relationship with whoever it is that's coming on board. Your wife, if your wife, if you're married and your your wife is not on board, yeah. pause that. God does not. God's not going to be in that. Yeah. Um, I I will emphatically say that. Uh, if you bring some other p- team members on, uh, make sure that they are. If they are in leadership, make sure that they're called. And if they're not in leadership, make sure that they buy into the vision. They've got to have some skin in the game. So those. Those are some tough things to do, and there's not like a how-to book. It's just a let's sit down and talk about this. I, I appreciate that, James, because I, I think you're you're spot on. If again, I look back, if there had just been some upfront conversations, it could have spared a lot of the hurt and the frustration and the confusion. And yeah, are we? Are you? Are you called? Are we pursuing the same vision, the same purpose? Are we on board with how we're how we're going to pursue that vision? I may even think in these two couples we've had in the past that have come from different churches, different organizations, and the different expectations that was placed on them. I think it would have been you know it would have been okay to say no, like you, I'm not going to have you come on into a leadership position knowing that you know because I don't I don't want them mm-hmm. to be the people that we're reaching. Like I'm saying one thing and you're held to another, you know. So again, just the. The very upfront conversation would have spared so much trouble. So I appreciate you saying that. I completely agree. Um, unless, and I'm looking at the uh, at the time here. I think we're at a spot we can wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to say around this idea? Again, we're talking about um, the mistake is I started with church people <laughs> and what that meant. And of course, this is almost kind of rehashing some of what we talked about previously. With I did I didn't come with a church planning team. We're looking at it from a different angle, some different, uh, hopefully stirring some different thoughts in your mind. James, anything else you want to add to this, brother? Hey, just to be clear, having other Christians on board with you is great. As long as, and you and I have learned this now in retrospect, you 12 years in, me four years in, as long as we have that define the relationship talk. If they're leading with us, you've got to be called. Your wife has got to be called. If you're just uh, helping us, then you've got to buy into that vision. Here's what that is. So yeah, those that I think that would have helped me. And it sounds like that would have helped it you out too. Me. 
So, hey, brother, <laughs> hey, before we jump off here and wrap up, if someone wanted to connect with you, like what's a tr- your church website or your way they can connect with you personally, anything you want to just put out there for people if they wanted to reach out to you personally and ask questions? Yeah. So uh, if they want to check out our church, it's called the church at 112. That's kind of what that's funny, small story. My wife's like, all right, so look, we don't know where we're going to plant. So let's come up with a name at least. And I remember that conversation. I'm like, you can't come up with a name if you don't know where you're going to plant. And uh, she's like, what's your favorite Bible verse? I'm like, that's easy. Romans 112. So what's it say? I'm like, essentially, it says, let me encourage you in your faith as you encourage me in my faith. This Gulf Coast is beat down and discouraged. These people left churches because they're not encouraged. Hmm. And and that's where it came from. So C112, C112, you can find us on, we don't have a website. (laughs) I've been paying for one for four years. I just haven't made it. Um, But but yeah, you can find us on, um, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think we don't tweet, but we we do have a Twitter account, but Facebook, Instagram. uh, If you're like, hey, I want to listen to your messages. uh, They're terrible, but I'm just kidding. But you listen on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're like, hey, James, uh, you're weird, or I, I I really, like, I hate you right now. I just want to reach out to you. Uh, direct message on Instagram. Um, uh, maybe maybe Twitter. Uh, Twitter's James Reardon, and Instagram is the James Reardon because somebody already took James already Reardon. Already took James Reardon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's me. Come on, Whatever. man. I know. I was yeah. at the... Uh... I was at the eye doctor this morning and they asked me which Logan Wolf I was in pro. And what? I was like, there's another Logan Wolf in pro. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, man, I appreciate that. Well, okay. If you're listening to this, I hope this is helpful to you. Again, that is the purpose of this podcast. This is, The intention is not, um, again, to throw anyone on the bus or anything of that nature. It's just that we're looking back on our years of experience and saying, here's some things we wish we had done differently, some conversations we wish we'd had. So if it has been helpful to you, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a leave a rating or a review. Also, I would ask that you just share it. Like The, the value of this is as it's put into the, the hands, the, the ears of people who are church planting, preparing to church plant. Um, and so if, you, if that's you, if you've got a team, if you know someone, Please uh, share it with them. Share it on your socials. Uh, My name again, this is Logan Wolf. I was joined today by James Reardon in Mississippi. I'm in Provo, Utah. And this is Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series.